It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Brady Trantham, and for the next 30 minutes or so, you will be Locked On Thunder. Oh my, what a uh, what an interesting <laughs> few hours of basketball watching we all enjoyed last night. The Thunder go on the road and defeat the Chicago Bulls. That's the uh, short part of the story. We will, of course, dive into the long part of the story as we get further and further into this episode. Uh, they win 124-122, to 122, uh, notching their ninth consecutive win on the road, which is a franchise record. And they've also covered 13 of their last road games, which apparently is a record uh, that hasn't been done since the 0102 Shaq Kobe Lakers. So, uh, this is a road warrior team, so while the Thunder are still scratching and clawing and climbing up their way into the Western Conference standings, if they don't get a first round uh, home court advantage series, well, I mean, Thunder fans, you shouldn't be that that freaked out because this team is pretty darn good on the road. So we'll talk about the Bulls game last night, we'll talk about some individual things, and then I'll have a reaction to my own reaction to Terrence Ferguson um, who had a very nice game last night. Good little return to form. 11 points, hit his first three three-pointers. Uh, really good showing for Terrence, and wouldn't you know it, it came on the day where I uh, basically gave my two cents on what I felt Terrence Ferguson was as a player on this particular Thunder team, but I'll get into that a little bit later. <laughs> and if you still don't know who I am, um, man, I, I, I'm sorry. I keep giggling that I have to keep saying this. I don't know why I have to keep saying this, but I'm just always, I'm always a little cognizant of somebody who just decides, hey, let me give Locked on Thunder a listen, or hey, let me jump back on Locked on Thunder. I haven't listened to it in a while. And then they go, well, who's this person? So apologies to everybody that has to keep listening to this part. But I've been covering the Thunder since 2014 and since 2018 with 107.7 The Franchise. 1079 the franchise in Tulsa as their lead Thunder insider, Thunder contributor, whatever they want to call me. You can find all my work at thefranchiseok.com. You can also follow the OKC82 podcast that I do with Madison Morris, and that's a post-game reaction show. Um, ours went up late last night, early this morning. So hopefully you had something fun to listen to on your commute to work, and hopefully everybody drove safe because if you're in Oklahoma City, it snowed last night. I walked into the station to go watch the game with Madison and it was just kind of a chilly evening. And then we walk out, and there's snow falling all over the place. I cannot believe it. I cannot wait for spring. You can also listen to us on the Franchise Thunder Insider Show on Saturday mornings from 10 a.m. till noon, talking Thunder basketball, NBA basketball. And I, I just realized that I said National Basketball Association basketball. <laughs> but you know what I mean. We talk Thunder stuff and then league-wide topics. We have a lot of fun doing it. So please, please tune in. And enjoy us on a Saturday morning while you're doing some Saturday morning chores or just being lazy because, hey, it's the weekend and you deserve to be lazy every once in a while. But yes, let's jump right into the Thunder's 124-122 victory over the Chicago Bulls. So 
this game, Oklahoma City deserves a 2-1 and one record for because they obviously won it in the first 24 minutes of the game. And then the third quarter happened, and then the beginning of the fourth quarter happened, and Oklahoma City probably lost it. And then they came back and took the lead. It was back-and-forth affair. They earned the victory. So it's it's as if the Thunder won this game twice and then lost it once. It was just – it was so hard. If you watched, like, a, a few minutes of it and then turned it off for whatever reason or changed the channel or went and took a shower and then came back, you probably came back to a much different basketball game to the point where you're like, is are these the two the same two teams that I was watching? Was the game that I was watching a, an earlier recording? What is going on? But – it, it was just such a game of like absolute waves because obviously the first part of the game, everybody's going to remember Danilo Gallinari just going off and doing his best Lou Dort impression, uh, go, starting off five for five, hitting threes, uh, hitting just some trash buckets, really. And he was just feeling it, which is a good thing because over the last two or three games, Danilo Gallinari, his shot's been off a little bit. Now, after he started off five or five of five, he finished the game three of eleven. I think he, I th- believe he finished the final tally with eight of sixteen. So it wasn't a complete game from Danilo Gallinari. He did hit a clutch bucket on a baseline drive dunk uh, that the Thunder desperately needed at the time, late in the fourth quarter. So he did, he was able to accomplish that. But my goodness, Danilo Gallinari really got the ball rolling for Oklahoma City uh, with that five of five performance and helped put them up to a twenty-five eight to lead. But from there, Chicago went on the first of their two or three runs of this game. They, I believe they finished the first quarter on a 14-4 run, uh, basically just to make the score a little bit more impressive, although the Thunder's destruction of the Bulls was pretty paramount in that first quarter, even though I believe they led going into the second quarter by nine or so. And then the second quarter was pretty much everybody will remember the Terrence Ferguson quarter because... Ferg comes out there. The Bulls are starting to inch a little bit closer and closer. And then all of a sudden, Terrence Ferguson drives to the basket aggressively, I might add, and gets fouled. And then he goes to the free throw line and hits both free throws. And you're thinking, okay, that, that's a that's a sign of good things. All right, Terrence. Like, because while I did kind of bury you in yesterday's podcast, the one thing I do remember saying is you should be much better with the basketball in your hands because you are supremely talented. You are supremely athletic. How does Hamadou Diallo have more confidence putting the ball on the floor than you do? That was a good sign, seeing him just basically not want to pass the ball up because he had an, an open opportunity to either shoot or drive because his defender was out of position. And I'm glad that he took the uh, took the uh, – I'm glad he made the decision to drive because I'm wondering if that old cliche just kind of applied here where – if your shot isn't falling, get to the free throw line so you can just basically see the ball go through the hoop. Well, guess what? After he makes those two free throws, he then makes his next three three-pointers in the span of a few minutes. And one of them was an off-balance, one-legged corner three where he was basically falling to the side right in front of his own teammates on the bench. And you could just tell the entire team was excited to see it. Terrence Ferguson was ecstatic. I mean, it was just... It was one of those things where you just understood like so much has gone into this, whether it's been practicing, whether it's been emotions from missing time with the team due to personal reasons, and then coming back. And you know, Terrence is no fool here. He's not going home saying, "Oh, we won." Like, there's nothing I have to worry about. No, he understands. He's more than well aware of his 
lack of production on the offensive end since he's returned. So to see him be able to score like that, to see him be able to enjoy that, I mean, that was from a, on a human level, that was really good to see. And the hope is, and Billy Donovan talked about this to Eric Horn after the game, the hope is is that he basically just needed a handful of games to get his legs back under him because he missed eight games due to personal reasons. I'm going to assume he wasn't really focusing on keeping up his conditioning or running drills or getting shots up every day because he's dealing with personal issues, whether it be a death in the family or something to do with his daughter. I'm assuming that that's paramount more so than running on the treadmill. So it's going to take, when you miss eight games, it's going to take a handful of games to get back up, get your legs back under you or get your confidence back up. So the hope is that it just took this long for him to actually see the ball go through the hoop in a consistent way. And now moving forward, we'll see a little bit more production offensively out of Terrence Ferguson. But again, the thing that I kind of fear is that something that we've always been looking for with Terrence Ferguson? It's just consistency from the scoring scoring into things. That's been something that's plagued him well before he's ever left games for personal issues. So um, again, like I'm optimistic as well. And if he's able to really come on late in the season, the Thunder could very well win 50 games, and Terrence Ferguson can be a huge part of that. And they will definitely need a high end level Terrence Ferguson in the postseason. They need a guy that they can depend on to throw out against their opponent's best wing perimeter scorer. In addition to having a guy like Ludor, in addition to having guys like Shea Gildas-Alexander, capable defenders, but you need your highest end level defender on the floor at all times when you're in the postseason. When we get back, we'll jump into the third quarter. Oh man. (laughs) We'll jump into the third quarter, fourth quarter, all that madness after the break. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've all heard of the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Thunder is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Thunder fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Thunder fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And welcome back to the Locked On Thunder podcast, everybody. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Here we go with the third quarter. So Oklahoma City scores 72 points in the first half, which is a season high for scoring in a half. And it's just, you know, there's no other way to say it. This is looking like an ass-kicking of epic proportions. And it, it should be that way because the, the Thunder are a pretty good team. And the Bulls are a very bad team. The Thunder just thrashed the San Antonio Spurs. So this is par for the course. But oh my goodness, the 2017-2018 Oklahoma City Thunder made a second-half appearance because... The Thunder blew a 24-point lead, and it all had to do with the third quarter. Now, I talked about this on OKC82 last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of a it's an easy thing to say, like, oh, the Thunder had another bad third quarter. They still suck in the third quarter every once in a while. And, you know, that's true. But this wasn't like a classic this year's team third quarter collapse because usually those things happen at the beginning of the – half starting where the Thunder just come out flat and they go they surrender a 7-2 run or an 11-3 run where um, their lead dwindles either all the way or the deficit is now like sing, like a, a single possession or two and then they're able to kind of get get back in rhythm more times than not and maybe end up scoring about 23-25 points in the third quarter total but because they gave their opponent an 11-point head start you look up and it's like they scored 24, the Thunder did, and their opponent scored 35. It's like, all right, now it's a ball game again. So that's usually how it happens. This third quarter kind of snuck up on everybody because it was just so slow going. The Bulls just really amped up their defensive play. And it wasn't until about the six-minute mark that I started to realize, oh, the Bulls are, you know, if they hit a shot or two, they're now going to be down single digits. And then you look at the scoring. Oh, it's the scoring right now is 31 to 14. Yep, this is looking like a bad third quarter. Um, so it was just a little bit of an uncharacteristically bad third quarter. Not necessarily the same bad third quarter that we've seen out of this team this season. But they ended up being outscored ultimately in the third, 38 to 19. Kobe White and Zach Levine just started hitting every single shot that they took, especially Kobe White. Every time he took a three, it was going in. Zach Levine who was in the three-point contest, was 3 of 13 and didn't hit his second three until the fourth quarter um, when it when no matter what the Bulls were doing, they were hitting every shot. Uh, Kobe White did finish with a career-high 35 points, impressive for the rookie, 6 of 9 for the three-point line. Zach Levine, 41 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. Just everything they were doing offensively and defensively was working and Oklahoma City just couldn't do anything and it got to a point where their possessions started to get, become a little bit sloppy and it did remind me of a 2017-2018 Russell Westbrook led team where it would get down into crunch time every possession counts and Russell would just run himself into a double team or into a trap or lose the handle on the ball Paul George would lose the handle on the ball something silly would happen the Thunder were flirting with that so hard but Again, this is Chris Paul. It's a little bit more methodical. This is Dennis Schroeder, Sixth Man of the Year candidate. This is Shea Gillis-Alexander, a methodical player in his own right. And while the Thunder did surrender a 24-point lead and then trail by four at one point in the fourth quarter, it never really felt like until very, very late, and we'll get to that in a second, it never really felt like the Thunder were just going to start getting you know, dominated. Like, okay, they're down four, and they're about to be down six, and then nine. It never really felt like that. It always felt like the Thunder, all they need to do is just be calm, slow down. Chris Paul's going to hit shots in the mid-range. So it became a back-and-forth affair. 
in the fourth. Oklahoma City's offense started to catch a little bit of fire. But I do want to fast forward to the very end. Um, the Thunder started to regain control defensively while their offense started to pick up steam. They picked it up defensively and were able to get a comfortable little margin. Enough of a margin to give Thunder fans confidence that, okay, that they're going to pull this one out. They just got to hit their free throws and hopefully... Chicago doesn't keep hitting stupid threes. This game will be over. So Chris Paul goes to the foul line, hits two free throws. The Bulls come back, hit a three. Now they're down a possession. Chris Paul goes to the foul line again, and then he misses the first free throw. And there's about 15 seconds left, and I already could tell. Like, that's when I started to think, yep, the Thunder are going to lose this game because Chris Paul's going to miss – he missed that free throw. He hit the second one. The Thunder were then only up two. They're going to hit a three at the buzzer, aren't they? That's how this game is going to end. It's going to be the worst loss probably since the Wizards' home loss at the beginning of the season, even though I actually asked that question on Twitter if the Thunder lose this game – tonight is this the worst loss and some people pointed out the Wizards loss at home and I get that that's a bad loss when you look at it but then when you remember that that was the second game that this team has played together and after their five and ten start they've been a much different basketball team and it's probably because they had a little bit more chemistry with each other and had a little bit more time to play with each other I'm not really going to count that so I, I would truly felt like this would have been the worst loss but anyway Chris Paul gets the second free throw Chicago has no timeout so they get the rebound or they get the inbounds run it up the floor and then Chris Paul nearly redeems himself and pokes the ball out of Zach Levine's hands from behind and then it just lofts up in the air Dennis Schroeder almost catches it Shea Gilles Alexander has a chance to grab it Zach Levine hits it and then it bounces off of Shea's hand out of bounds which ends up getting the Bulls a better opportunity anyway because they're not scrambling they need a set they need a set play to set up a three-point shot to get the win and now because it was kind of a bang bang play even though the bulls had no timeouts the officials still had to stop the game to review just who it came who the ball bounced off of last so the bulls had enough time to set up a play and even though it wasn't very innovative or nice it ended up being well defended by the thunder before the ball came in into play but the ball did end up in Zach Levine's hands, which is what I'm sure the Bulls wanted, either his or Kobe White's. And Chris Paul defended it very well. Zach Levine let it fly. And even though it didn't even hit rim, there was a part of me that thought, that's going in. And then it just bounced off the backboard. The Thunder won 36-22 and 22 Oklahoma City. Now in the Western Conference in the NBA, they are the sixth seed with an opportunity to jump to five tonight. We'll get to that in a second. But... Again, this was a game where Oklahoma City won it twice and lost it once. Um, An odd performance. Um, You hope that it's not the par for the course. I don't think it is. It was just kind of one of those things where their opponent gets really, really hot, and that's going to happen in basketball. Sometimes basketball just happens. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And two quick notes before we get out of here, everybody. The Thunder, like I said, are 36-22. and 22. 
The Utah Jazz are the fifth seed with a record of 36 and 21. The Thunder, of course, off tonight. But the Jazz are in action in Salt Lake City against the Boston Celtics. So it's going to be a big game for Thunder fans to keep a tra- keep in mind because if the Jazz lose tonight to the Celtics, which could very well happen, the Celtics are a very good team. If the Jazz lose, the Thunder will be taking on the Sacramento Kings Thursday night in Oklahoma City as the fifth seed. The Houston Rockets are at the four spot with a record of 37 and 20, and they take on the Grizzlies tonight. So you probably can pencil in they're they're taking that they're playing that game in Houston. Probably pencil that in as a win with the way Memphis is playing, some some of the injuries they've had recently. But the Thunder are in striking distance to not only jump up to fifth in the Western Conference, to host a first-round series in Oklahoma City if they're able to keep winning and Houston starts tripping up. And then even, even then, and I don't think the Thunder are going to climb up this high, but just to give you more perspective, <laughs> the third-seeded L.A. Clippers are 38-19. Again, Oklahoma City's 36-22. and 22. I cannot believe this team. They never cease to amaze me. And the last thing before we get out of here, everybody. Royce Young, everybody's favorite Thunder person ever, finally cracked the case of how many days does Lou Dort have left on the of the 45-day allotted time that two-way contract players can spend with their NBA-affiliated team. Royce tweeted out yesterday that he had 16 days left. So after last night, I'm assuming that he has 15 days unless Royce was counting yesterday already. So he either has 16 or 15 days left. Uh, Basically, it puts him around March, the first week of March, where his contract would end. And look, everybody, the Thunder are going to give him a contract. But like Royce pointed out on his tweet thread about this, like I've said a few times on here, it's best for the Thunder to just wait it out. It's best for both parties for them to wait it out because obviously Lou Dort and his agent want the best deal possible. And if he keeps playing well, he's going to get a better deal because he's going to demand that much more just from his skill set and his production. For the Thunder, you know, a franchise that loves to keep their options open at all costs, you know, it just makes that much more sense. Having said that, Lou Dort had a really bad game yesterday, both offensively and defensively in the second half. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Locked on Thunder podcast. And I I wanted to give a little personal note, and I found this out during the recording of this podcast, and I don't do this whole thing live most of the time. I usually like record a segment. Maybe I'll go get some coffee, and then I'll come back and start recording again. But if you could hear a little break in my voice... um, I just found out that my dad's uncle, uh, Steve Ellenwood, passed away last night early, uh, around 1.30 in the morning, and it's it hurt. It hit me a little hard because I'm doing this Thunder stuff, and I find out this news, and he'd been in the hospital for a few days now, and the prognosis wasn't very optimistic over the last few days, so it's not shocking news, but um, it hit me a little hard just because... When I decided, like like I giggled at the beginning, like if you don't know who I am, I've been covering the Thunder since 2014. Well, in 2014, when I made the decision to cover the Oklahoma City Thunder, when I made the decision that, hey, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to write and talk about basketball. Um, at the time, I was working at a bank. I was a loan officer. I was a loan officer's assistant, excuse me, and it was good pay. It wasn't what I went to college for. I was a history major in college, um, but it was it was kind of a boring job. You know, I, it was a nine to five, clock in, clock out, sit at a desk all day, and 
uh, don't move around, that type of job. And I didn't like it. And I was writing for Thunder Digest at the time as a hobby. And other people in the market, like Dylan Buckingham, I'll never forget, um, DM'd me on Twitter and asked, hey, if you want to ever come to a Thunder practice, let me know. And, you know, I can introduce you to some people. And I always had to tell him no because I would get asked the day of and I could never get off work in time to go to a practice. And about the third time that I had to tell somebody no is when I decided, you know what, I don't want to do this bank stuff anymore. I want to go chase my dream of being in sports media. So obviously, when I made that decision, I needed to have a job because Thunder Digest isn't going to pay me. That's like that's just a that's just a website. Um, and I didn't really want to jump back into bartending um, like I did back when I was in college. Just eh, I just wasn't in the mood. And so my dad's uncle Steve, great uncle Steve, I should say, um, gave me an opportunity to uh, make some money. Um, he was a chef at Fiji at OU at the frat house. And I basically just worked in the kitchen with him for <clears throat> about the first five or six months. It was basically the, the beginning of spring until the end of summer. And that was the uh, that was the time where the Thunder were in the playoffs, where they eventually lost to the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. And basically without Steve, I don't know if I'd be this far ahead because, you know, my parents support me a lot. And they've supported me in my pursuit to, you know, make this dream a reality. Um, you know, because a lot of this, you know, you can have the dream, you can have the can-do attitude, but at the end of the day, there's the reality that you have bills to pay. And when you're not making any money, you better have a good support system. And thankfully, I did. But Steve provided me an opportunity to make some money in addition to do so that I was able to do um, the thing that I enjoyed most, which was writing and talking about sports. And, uh, I'm sorry that this went on a little bit longer, but, um, I just found out about it. And Steve, um, he's always going to have a special place in my heart for that. So my heart goes out to my aunt, Karen, his kids, Cassie and Eric, and all the family members, of course, that are affected by this. And my dad, um, Steve was a really good person. He was a hardworking man. And I'm going to miss him. So sorry I got a little <laughs> too deep there, but I just wanted to put it out there into the podcast atmosphere. But um, everybody, thank you so much for listening to Locked on Thunder. I truly appreciate it. But until next time, I'll talk to you later. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 